The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is 3.07 on the Central Coast on this Wednesday, January 4th, 2022. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Hometown Radio. I'm Dave Congleton. Good to be with you as we wait for this uh, major rainstorm that is apparently coming our way. We're keeping an eye on the weather. If there's any updates for you, Craig will certainly let you know. Meanwhile, on this broadcast today, I have a question for you that we will address during the 4 o'clock hour. If you could change one thing about San Luis Obispo County, one thing, what would it be? And I'm not talking about affordable housing, because we all want that. Just, I want you to think about that during this opening hour. If you could change one thing about Slow County, what would it be? The mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart, will join us during the 5 o'clock hour. Let's look back on 2022. And look ahead to 2023. We'll certainly take your phone calls and your text messages for the mayor. Also, Annie Lorenzen at 6.05 uh, discusses the ongoing issue of book banning across the country. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. First up, well, <laughs> there's a lot going on. You've been following the news out of Washington, D.C. Kevin McCarthy, who used to be our congressman, I remind you, and uh, the late uh, 2000s. He represented all of North County and Arroyo Grande in Congress. He was on this show numerous times. He is trying really hard to become the next Speaker of the House. Uh, six times they voted, six times Kevin McCarthy has failed to get the votes. And people are wondering what exactly is going on there. Meanwhile, closer to home, the Board of Supervisors this week uh, officially swung from conservative to liberal. Jordan Cunningham is out in the State Assembly, and Don Addis is in. There's a lot going on. So I thought we should hear from a bona fide conservative to get his take on it, which means that we're back with our regular contributor, the one, the only, Mr. Jack Hardy. He joins us now. Jack, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Dave. Thank you for that. <laughs> thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for sharing your expertise. Are you following the, this congressional stuff much? Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I am. Um I, uh, I, I do not consider myself a friend of Kevin McCarthy's, but I know Kevin. I've had dinner with him. Um, his brother-in-law is a good friend of mine. And so I, I'm very familiar with, with him, and, and, and I have been following this. Are you, are you surprised? I mean, six, six ballots in that's taken this you know, long? I'm a little bit surprised that this is still going on, frankly. I, I kind of thought after the first ballot or two that that group would have made their point to Kevin um, and uh, that they would have negotiated, you know. But uh, I am not surprised he's had resistance because, frankly, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy is one of those Republicans that Frank, it's kind of interesting because Trump came out and supported him today. Twice. <clears throat> but he was one of those Republicans that didn't really embrace 
um, Trump. He he's he's one of those that that actually sided with Democrats many times on spending programs, and uh, you know he he's one of those. I I don't think I would call him a rhino, but he's one of those that's kind of on that side of it, if you will. Hmm. And that's that's what's going on here. Can you explain to our listeners what the Freedom Caucus is? Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not sure right. I can. Well, these are the. This is the more uh, conservative branch of Congress uh, people, congressional oh, representatives, yeah. and it's it's that part of Congress. Yeah. These are the twenty members yep. who are consistently yep. blocking Kevin McCarthy. That's what I was talking about. Okay. Okay. Excuse me. I I know who you're talking about. Well, so you know, look at here's here's kind of the dirty secret that I don't think a lot of people have really uh, addressed or paid attention to. But if we get, if we look past a few social issues, there's not a lot of difference between Democrats and Republicans today, really. If, if you take the social issues, set them aside, and look at Democrats and Republicans fiscally, it, it's changed. it started changing, frankly, with uh, George Bush. Uh, didn't get better with George W. Bush. Um, and, and these guys really have, have, and Kevin is kind of in that vein where, um, you know, his mentor, Kevin McCarthy's mentor, um, uh, was also from Bakersfield and, and Kevin actually worked for him. And all of a sudden his name was escaping me. I'll, I'll think of it in a moment, but anyway, he was, he was chairman of house ways and means committee back in the day. And, uh, Kevin turned left away from him for some reason. And and I don't know if it's just to get along or try to get along or try to compromise. But but the Republican Party that was under Reagan, which was, and, and frankly, even under uh, Newt Gingrich, which was, um, you know, fiscally conservative. Let's 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 not let's not have uh, radical spending. Let's let's uh, control spending. That has changed over the last 25 years, and Kevin's part of that, and that's what this group are upset with him about, frankly. That's that's kind of the core problem, what's going on here. You know, you've, I've heard a lot of people say under Trump that the Republican Party changed radically. That's just not true. Um, what, what, what has changed is that fiscally, uh, in, in almost every other way except, except some of the social issues, Republicans have turned in, a lot of them have turned into Democrats. Well, but help us understand, Jack, where is this going? I mean, it's six ballots. We, it hasn't gone to a second ballot in 100 years. What are these yeah. 20 Republicans trying to accomplish? And realistically, what can they accomplish? Because as you know, nothing can get done until this is resolved. Uh, yeah. Representatives cannot be sworn in, no committees. Nothing is done until this is resolved. Uh, that's a really, really good question, which I think is going to start ramping up pressure over the next few days uh, on the on this twenty. But also, I I uh, heard a, a few of the Democrats saying they're getting tired of this business, and if some of them just stop showing up, and if they're not showing up to every vote, and and they're not voting for Hakeem Jeffries, then that could change things. So we'll see what happens. But the the pressure. Uh, the average the average Republican is not for this. The average Republican on the street is 
virtually everybody's saying, get this over with, you know, put him in and let's move on. Even Trump is uh, saying it. Even Trump said it. And and Trump is not a huge Kevin McCarthy guy um, because Kevin McCarthy wasn't a huge Trump guy. And, and, and uh, so I think it's, I, you know, we're in unprecedented water um, because this has just, it hasn't happened. I did watch a little bit earlier, a couple of, of the, of the 20 said, you know, we're getting closer to an agreement with Kevin, but Kevin's got to, he's got to negotiate with us. So we'll, uh, we'll see what it is. And I'm not sure exactly what they're negotiating for, but, but I do know that there's a lot of people in the Republican party that are angry with Kevin because he sided with the Democrats too often, compromised too often. Craig is reminding us that the mentor you were thinking of is Bill Thomas. Bill Thomas, there you go, Bill Thomas, and good guy. Uh, and he was he was longtime congressman uh, out of Bakersfield. And in fact, you go to Bakersfield. I don't know why it slipped my mind. It's now the Bill Thomas Airport, you know, because he brought home so much pork. They had, yep. <laughs> they they, they uh, enlarged that airport. And any rate, uh, I got to tell you, I've got a brother in law who still lives in in Bakersfield. And he won't vote. And he's a real conservative guy, Republican. He won't vote for Kevin McCarthy. He just feels like he you know, he, he gave into it and went and went uh, completely along with the Democrats. All right. Let me take a break. We'll come back and continue our conversation with Jack Hardy as we try to figure out what exactly is going on in Washington D.C. with our former congressional representative Kevin McCarthy, who's tried now six times and failed six times to get enough votes to be the next Speaker of the House. More conversation straight ahead, right here on AM nine twenty FM ninety six five News Talk KVEC. You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Jack Hardy joins us. We're talking in this opening segment about what's happening in Washington, D.C. with Kevin McCarthy, former state assemblyman, former congressman from the Central Coast who is trying desperately, perhaps a little bit too much so, to be the next Speaker of the House. He's been in Congress, I believe, since about 2008. And as I recall, Jack, pretty much he's wanted this since the very beginning. He's had this eye. He's had his eye on the prize all this time. He has, and if you'll remember, uh, you know he was almost in line for it, and 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 uh, uh, shot his mouth off and made some comments about uh, Hillary Clinton that, yeah. that put uh, Paul Ryan uh, over him. So he's he's uh, this is not new ground for him. He's been tra- he's been shooting for this for a long time. So just to underscore, Jack, do you want as a conservative, do you want Kevin McCarthy to be the next Speaker of the House? At this point, I do. I think. I think. Uh, well, first of all, in my opinion, he'll be a vast improvement over Nancy Pelosi. That's uh, from my perspective. However, you know, he's been there a long time. He's got lots of connections. He he raised a lot of money for these for these congressmen. So a couple of them that's even voting against him now, which is kind of fascinating. Raised money, helped him get elected, and now they've turned on him. So it's it's kind of. Uh, 
I, I, I understand the point they're trying to make, and I'm hoping they made the point, that, and I hope he gets the point. But I, at this point, I think he's the most powerful one to put in that position. Whoever goes in there afterwards, I don't think will have the same gravitas that he's going to have. Well, they, yeah, they're going to have another vote tonight. So, uh, again, trying to uh, clarify here, do you want the Freedom Caucus, the, this gang of 20 thus far, to stop? I do. I, I think they've made their point. I think uh, their point, which is, Kevin, we want you to be turned into a real Republican. We want you to be fiscally conservative. We want to stop compromising on everything uh, and, and be a better negotiator. So um, that's where this is coming from. Hopefully, hopefully they made their point. Well, and, and do you believe when the dust settles that McCarthy is going to be the speaker? Or is I, this going I, to get worse? I personally think he will be. I just don't see anybody else powerful enough to 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 knock him off. You know that that could be incorrect, but I I think he will ultimately be the Speaker of the House. And what is it that Kevin McCarthy could do to to get the support of the twenty? I mean, he's made all these concessions apparently already, including making it easier to remove the Speaker of the House. He flew to. Uh, Mar-a-Lago in uh, January of uh, 2021 to get Trump's blessing after what happened on January 6th. I mean, isn't he isn't he doing what he should be doing? Well, from what we can see, Dave, I think he is uh, behind the scenes. I'm not certain what he's telling him or what exactly what they're telling him. Other than I do know a lot of people, including some of his constituents there in Kern County, that weren't happy with him. Uh, um, you know, compromising so much, and 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 the reality is, the Republicans do need to get back to being the party of fiscal conservatism. They need to do that, which they've abandoned that. And it's been, you know, this has been this is nothing new. This has been coming for about twenty five years. What do you, what do you explain, please? What's coming well, for twenty five years? Since 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 George Bush was president, George Bush uh, really compromised with with Democrats. George W. Bush did as well. Now, George W. Bush did cut taxes. I'm going to hand him, give that to him. But the reality is, if you really, really analyze and look at, 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 at the spending under these presidents, and first of all, the Congress does the spending, but the president has to sign off on it. And, and the president is the one that has to, you know, uh, basically... Uh, give them a budget, say work within these guidelines. And it has not been the same since Reagan. It, it has not. And, and, and the Republican Party is not the party of fiscal conservatism that they were 25 years ago. And I, there's a lot of people that are saying enough's enough. It's time to get back to that, you know. On the Stolberg text line, JQ from Slow. Hi, JQ. Wants you to give specific examples where Kevin McCarthy has sided with the Democrats. Uh, basically, they uh, think about all every time we raise the debt ceiling. You know, do we just raise it to infinity and beyond? And basically in Congress, that's what they do. So there's an example right there. Unfortunately, we have become accustomed in this country to spending money we don't have. And and the attitude in Congress, well we'll just we'll just find it we'll we'll create another tax. We'll create another stream 
uh, another tax instead of living within their means. You know, we all have to live within our means. Right. So, even the, mm-hmm. even these cities and counties have to live within their means. The, you, the, the, the federal government doesn't. I understand the argument, Jack. I'm just wondering if this is the place to have that battle and drag this out like this because it's become a spectacle not only across the country. I, I would think that the Republicans, conservatives would be happy they got the House back. Hey, we're going to come in and show you that we're capable of governing and position ourselves for 2024, and now this is going on. Well, I wouldn't really have a deep disagreement with what you just said, Dave. I, I You know, they got the House back. I think the negotiations probably should have happened. Well, and I think they did happen, but they obviously didn't get what they wanted. But um, beforehand, to just say, look at we, you know, we're not going to support uh, raising the debt ceiling every time you say you want to raise the debt ceiling. We've got instead of instead of of running by the polls, let's run by what's right and let's run by what what we know works. So I agree with you. I think, in fact, I think it's time to put this behind us and move on. And this will be a weird memory. Uh, you know, if they get this worked out in the next day or so. A couple of days is not that big of a deal. But, so, but if Kevin does prevail, does this not weaken him that it took him so long? He's certainly not going to come in with much power. Well, that depends on how you look at it. They, I'm sure the, the the Democrats are going to say he's weakened, but the Democrats aren't going to support him anyway. Um, so I, I don't see that as an argument. Um, if 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 in fact he can work a deal with these twenty, uh, and and you know what, there's probably more than twenty, uh, Dave, but there's twenty of them that have been willing to step up and actually, frankly, put themselves in a in a, a tenuous position because you know they're not going to. Be, they're not going to be sitting on committees unless that's one of the things that that he negotiates to give them to get their vote. But but it's going to be you know it's going to be tough. But I I actually think a couple of days is not going to make that big of a difference. I don't think it'll weaken him if if in fact he does win in the end. I think he'll be he'll have as much clout as he otherwise would have. In fifty five, going to have to compromise with him. In fifty five seconds, there's one analyst who who pointed out that of the twenty people voting against uh, McCarthy, eighteen of them were election deniers. His argument, Jack, is that these folks are not interesting in, interested in governing; they just want to disrupt. Respond, please. Well, I'm not sure that's quite true. I, there's, you know, <laughs> uh, that election denier can be can be used on both sides of the aisle. You know, we've got election deniers that deny that ballot harvesting even happens. And we know that it does happen. So if it does happen, then we know there's an issue with, with, with our elections. So I think that's kind of a cheap shot, frankly. I don't think it's a, I don't think that's a good analysis at all. I think the better analysis would be, you know, maybe these are people willing to stand up for their own convictions and if, in fact, they believe they believe it, that it's not right to spend money you don't have, to not just uh, you know give an open checkbook to Congress, spend as much as you want, and we'll go find the money, or we'll borrow the money. All right, and, Jack. And hold look, that thought. That's in our interest. Hold that thought, sir. Jack Hardy is here explaining what's going on in Washington D.C. Also, a little bit closer to home when we come back. I'm Dave Congleton. Stay with us.
It is the Wednesday edition of Hometown Radio. I am Dave Congleton. We are in conversation with uh, Jack Hardy, trying to put perspective on what is happening in Washington, D.C. We also want to talk a little bit about what's been happening closer to home. But, uh, Jack, we just heard ABC News and uh, Congressman uh, Crenshaw, another conservative out of Texas, uh, saying, you know, the American public really doesn't care about the issues the Freedom Caucus is fighting for. They just want Congress to get to work. Well, sadly, I think that there's some truth to that. I think there's a lot of people that don't follow politics day to day. They don't understand it. They watch it. They're not really clear what's going on. And they, the behind the scenes, they just want it, they want it done. So I think there's a lot of people that, that are that way. I think those of us, Dave, that follow this more closely, um, and we do, those people that do understand it, they're going to, you know, whether you're, regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, um, you're going to want this thing to get resolved because at some point Congress has got to get back to work. Yep. All right, 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832 if you want in on this conversation with Jack Hardy. Paul is in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Paul. Hello, Dave. Hello, Jack. Hi, Paul. Before, Hi, Paul. Before I get to McCarthy, I need to remind the listener and Jack that Reagan was probably one of the worst presidents when it came to deficit spending that I've had that we've had in the last 50 years, 60 years. Uh, he tripled the national debt. Uh, he spent, he actually wanted Congress to spend more than what they actually did. And there was 50 Southern Democrats called bull weevils who voted with the Republican Party during the entire time that, that Reagan was in office. Right. And so, he, and he tripled the debt. So, uh, but having said that, as far as, 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 far as McCarthy, is, is concerned. Uh, did you guys see that there was a there was an article? Uh, remember Bill Thomas? He was yeah. he hired uh, he was uh, his mentor. Kevin McCarthy, right? And he was Kevin McCarthy's mentor. You know, right. um, and, and that's how. And when Bill Thomas retired, McCarthy took his seat. Right. And boy, in the Bakersfield paper, there was a scathing article. Bill Bill Thomas called. <laughs> McCarthy a liar. Uh, he said that that McCarthy will will be whoever you want him to be at at any particular moment just to get along. What? And he said when he gets caught in a lie, he'll lie again to cover up his lie. Was this a recent article, Paul? Yes. Yeah. Did you yeah. see that, Jack? Did you see the article? Are you familiar with it? I I have not seen the article, but let me tell you, I. I... I take anything the Bakersfield Californian says with a grain of salt, so I'll just leave it with that. Oh, so you're going to just dismiss it, even though it was Bill Thomas, uh, a, no, Repub- you, a, a respected you, Republican uh-huh. congressman for a long time who actually, well, I, I know you haven't read it, but I, I urge you to read it because I doubt that the Californian misquoted Bill Thomas. Yeah. Uh, if they misquoted so, him, then he could set the record straight. Let me try this, Jack. Are you surprised that Bill Thomas apparently said that about Kevin McCarthy? Uh, so, if you'll go back to my earlier comments, maybe the list, maybe the caller was not listening. My earlier comments was that that Bill Thomas was his mentor, and that he was the the uh, chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, and Kevin is was no Bill Thomas. I said that earlier. Yeah. Uh, he was not. He, I said that earlier today. 
so uh, it do, I knew that Bill Thomas had been disappointed by some of the things that, that, that Kevin did. I know that. Um, I have not read the article. But once again, the Bakersfield Californian, um, <laughs> they're, they're not that, to me, they're not that viable of a, of a oh, news source. But well. if he said it, he said it. And I'm not surprised because I knew that, that Bill Thomas was disappointed with him. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it at that. Paul, thanks for checking in. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832 if you want to talk with Jack Hardy about what's happening with Kevin McCarthy. Bob is with us on KVEC. Hi, Bob. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jack. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Yeah, Jack, I'm, I'm a little surprised that uh, there is such a view now that Kevin McCarthy is supposedly a rhino. It's, you know, you're... Both you and Paul talked about Bill Thomas. I don't think Bill Thomas would be able to operate in Congress nowadays. He was the conservative's conservative. And as a politician, the one thing you have to be able to do, politics is the art of compromise. If you can't compromise, you won't get anything done. Bill Thomas knew that. He had his principles. He was a fiscal conservative, but he realized what was required to get the job done. And let me piggyback on that because we have a text on the Stolberg line. Jack repeatedly speaks of his distaste of compromise. As his business and community member, does he believe that compromise is a waste of time, energy, and relationships? Combine the two, please, Jack. Well, first of all, I didn't say I have a distaste for compromise. I said that these people were upset people that are voting against McCarthy, that he compromised too much. That's what I said. I didn't say I have a distaste. So so the person on the the, uh, the line there is incorrect with what I said. Secondly, I also didn't call McCarthy a rhino. I said he's not a rhino, but he is certainly not a fiscally conservative Republican. So let's let's be accurate here. Uh Thirdly, Bill Thomas was was a, a good congressman, and he did compromise on things that that uh, um, you know where somebody was looking for a vote. He did work with the other side, but at the same time, he was not a wild spender. And if you look at the numbers today compared to when Bill Thomas was in was in the Congress, it's radically a radically different time. We're spending money today that our our great grandkids' children are are going to be having to pay for. So it, we're in a way different place today than we've ever been before. Bob, it is curious, Jack. If you want to go back to the Reagan era and compare administrations, who has contributed to the debt mostly uh, by party. Barack Obama? It's almost it's. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, you're forgetting. In fact, you're the second Obama. one that's brought Reagan up. So I'm going to help. I'm going to help you and Paul, the earlier caller, out. Reagan, the income into the Treasury nearly tripled in the eight years that Reagan was president due to his tax cuts. The problem was, uh, no. and when he got there, there was a 28 billion dollar deficit. The problem was, even with tripling, nearly tripling the income, Congress took and over tripled, over tripled the spending and went from a $28 billion deficit to a $200 billion deficit. A lot of people don't understand this. Congress spends the money. The president has to end up signing off on it, but Congress owns the purse strings. So you got to be accurate with that. Uh, 
in in this case where Reagan tripled the income, Congress more they took they went and went way over that and went from a twenty eight billion dollar deficit to a two hundred billion dollar deficit. Let so me go, let me, Congress let me, let me. is we gave them an unlimited budget and they exceeded it and they continue to exceed it. Bob. That's the problem, Bob. Reagan raised taxes a half dozen times. This sure he went from seventy nine percent top line, seventy nine percent top line down to a third, and he did inch it up all the way to thirty six percent later. Reagan was a net tax cutter, and that's why the income grew so dramatically under Reagan. I could have sworn was Congress spent the money. I could have sworn we were talking about Kevin McCarthy, Bob. Yes, what, Bob, what's going to happen well, to Kevin other- McCarthy? Uh, it's either going to be uh, that he goes to the Democrats and makes a deal with them to possibly do some power-sharing agreements, maybe reducing the committees so that they're evenly divided, and uh, that way the uh, Clown Car Caucus doesn't take off on a uh, Benghazi-like streak uh, going after Hunter Biden. But uh, if... if uh, McCarthy can't get the Democrats on board. It might be somebody like Steve Scalise. It could be a, a really outside thing by bringing back a retired member. I hmm. forget the gentleman's name. Right. Uh, there's uh, there's been other people that have uh, weighed in that possibly Liz Cheney, and I just don't see how that's going to happen. I don't either. All right, Bob, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. So, so Jack, do you see that scenario where Kevin McCarthy would go make a deal with the Democrats? Well, that's what the Democrats are hoping for. That's, they're hoping that he'll go grab some moderate Democrats, and then and then uh, they're, they're hoping that. I don't, I don't see that will happen. That would completely backfire on what this these 20 members are trying to do right now that would be and that's probably one of the weapons McCarthy has I'm I'm guessing to go to them and say look if you don't do it I go over here and then we're going to blow your your majority because we're going to bring in power share here. I don't see yeah. that happening. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. As Jack weighs in on what's happening with our former congressman Kevin McCarthy. Alan is in San Luis. Hey, Alan. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jack. Hey, Alan. Hi, Alan. To tie in with what we, I think you were just saying, I keep hearing names tossed around in the news about other candidates being put forward, but I'm not familiar enough with any of them. And what I'm wondering are the who else, who would I like? In other words, if I want to get somebody conservative in there, who? what other names should be floated as possible candidates? Good question. What do you say, Jack? Well, the two that I've heard the most often is Steve Scalise and is Jim Jordan. That's the two names I've heard most often. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, they would both be, in my mind, they'd be fine. Um, this, this, it, it's kind of interesting. There's a group in there pushing this Byron Donalds. He's a, a, a young, uh, and he's not even taken off yet. He's representative-elect. He can't even get sworn in yet. Uh, until this gets resolved, but a uh, young guy from Florida. So we'll see. I mean, um, I, I think it's going to be McCarthy, but if it wasn't, it's probably going to be Jim Jordan or maybe Steve Scalise. Will they, can they do the job of keeping fiscal or attempting to be fiscally conservative? Um, you know, that's a good, that, that's a great question. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of the, 
the conversation that all these Republican Congress people have to have with themselves. Do they really want to? Do they really want to do the job right, or do they just want to get along all the time? Because you know this this debt ceiling thing is going to come up again real soon, so the test is going to come pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Alan, yeah, well, we want to get the get Congress moving, but it's worth an extra day or two to have the right person doing the job. But is it worth I six agree. ballots, Alan? Is it worth what was that, Dave? Six ballots, seven ballots, eight ballots. Yeah, if it gets the right person in, because this affects at least the next two years. All right, fair enough. Alan, thank you. We'll be back for a final segment with Jack Hardy. I'm Dave Congleton on AM 920, FM 96.5, News Talk KVEC. Happy Wednesday. Top of the hour, it's ABC Radio News, and we asked the big question. If you could change one thing about Slow County, this county, what would it be? A reminder, Friday, John Lindsay will be here. It's going to be a guest the last day of rain contest. You could win a $100 gift certificate to Linz in Cambria. And, yeah, you could spend it all on pie. That's fine. We're in our final segment with Jack Hardy, trying to make sense out of what's happening in Washington, D.C. Although, in this last segment, Jack, I'd like to give you a chance to talk a bit about what's happening locally. A lot of changes. Jordan Cunningham out. Democrat Don Addis now in Sacramento in the Assembly. Uh, County Board of Supervisors uh, flipped from the right to the left. Uh, Three liberals now uh, run the Board of Supervisors. How concerned are you? Well, you know, I I would rather it not have happened. I think I think, though, if you really look at the results and analyze it, I think it's not as bad as it might be, and I'll, I'll tell you why. First of all, Bruce Gibson got in by the skin of his teeth. But he got in. He, he, he got in barely. And so there are he's got a lot of constituents out there that voted against him that maybe he wants to win over. Maybe he wants to show them that he's representing them as well. Let's, let's hope that he does that. Uh, because, uh, you know, the, the, the next election cycle might not be so friendly to him. So I, I do think that it, it's frankly, to be honest with you, I didn't think Bruce Jones was going to come that close. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just the way that is. On the other hand, Jimmy Paulding has got to walk a tightrope. He really does. Um, Jimmy Paulding um, got in for two reasons. The first reason, he got a lot of outside money, lots of outside money, from mainly from unions. Um, and mm-hmm. so the reality is he's, he's got to repay that somehow. Um, and, in fact, it was the union money that helped him get into the Aurora Grande City Council, which he tried to repay during the Pacific Blue Project that he came very close to blowing for the city of Aurora Grande. They were on the edge of not going to be part of that water project which is is badly needed but he was holding out trying to get turn that whole project into a union project and you know it was it was too little too late and uh but they they gave him a lot of money to get into supervisor the other side is the monarch dunes uh neighborhood out there the monarch dunes uh, golf course uh and, trilogy. And out, yeah. yes out on highway one beautiful beautiful subdivision those people out there literally hate Lynn Compton. And when I say that, I, I, I'm not exaggerating. I, you know, I, I, I know a lot of those people out there, and I was... Uh, their, their, dislike, their dislike is well known. 
I'll, I'll give their you that. dislike is a it's it's way beyond dislike, and it was all over the Dunes thing that she didn't support them wanting to shut the Dunes down, and and so without that, Jimmy Paulding, I don't believe would have won, and especially without the the union. So I think he's got to walk the tightrope, and the reason I say that, he's got to. Hey, the union is, you know, they're they're going to want to be repaid. They're going to want get value for what they gave him meaning and then yeah. say, but what does that well, mean me- what, what's on the horizon because um well you know counties are they're constantly giving contracts out for projects constantly giving uh uh, uh contracts out for for different things that they're going to want him to vote for so that they can bid on these different projects for the county you know, county business is a big business, so he's gonna he's gonna have to be beholden that way. But on the other hand, there's a lot of constituents that you know that is a traditionally conservative area, that Napomo, Arroyo Grande area. Um, you know, that's yeah. that is a traditionally uh, conservative area. So he's gonna have to walk a tightrope. I uh, think he's gonna have to be very very careful. And Jimmy Paulding is going to be our guest on Friday, so that's another question for me to ask him. But in terms of Paulding, Jack, what what came first? Is it the chicken or the egg? It is, is it that Paulding now has to repay these unions because they supported him, or did they support him because he's pro-union? Which came first? Well, I think I think they came at the same time. I think they, you know, he, he they support him because he's pro-union, and he's gonna and he's gonna repay them, and, and they're like the mafia. They're you know they're gonna get their they're gonna get their money back. The unions That's like the mafia, really. Well, think about it. Is that <laughs> is little, that a shock to anybody? It's a little harsh. <laughs> yeah. On on the Stahlberg line. So what your guest is saying is that Jimmy Paulding was financed by actual working people. Um, well, if the actual working people wrote the checks themselves, yes. But if an organization wrote it for them, no. So you know, there's a yeah. difference. There's a difference between uh, and and wait a minute. And it's not working people in this county. It's working people from L.A. from San Francisco. Uh, it's not working people from Aurora Grande. Well, there were, there are some local unions involved. Let's hear from Greg and Cayucas. Hey, Greg. Hi, guys. Hey, uh, Jack and Dave. You know, Jack, your position on Jimmy Paulding is emblematic of what is wrong with politics in America today. How about Jimmy Paulding won because the voters saw that he was a bright, dynamic, well-studied major improvement over his predecessor. That, in my opinion, humbly, is why he won. It, all this other stuff is just subterfuge. Jack? Did you ever... Did, well... Uh, being Cayucas, I kind of doubt that you read any of the debates or set in on any, any of those things. I actually did. They, I went yeah, to yeah, the uh, yeah. candidates okay, debate at well, Cuesta College. Well, he's not, he wasn't that well studied if if he almost blew the water project for Roy Grandy. That was a major, major. And let me tell you, I know a lot of people. I'm not going to bring their name up here. Uh, very well-known people that were very angry about that. So that wasn't well studied. At all. Well, they were angry, um, but he still was, won. But he still won, Jack. He won, and you know what? You throw enough money at anything, and you're gonna you can win. That's that is I, the political system that, that we're part of. <laughs> I'm sorry, pardon me, <laughs> Greg. What else do you want to say? Yep. All right, uh, Greg. Before you hung up, said he's just not buying it. Yeah, that's fine. 
the the fact of the matter is in in our country our political system is such that if you bring enough money in you can win right and but Lynn that's, Compton that's a reality but in fairness Lynn Compton had become unpopular with some of her core base like you I won't name specific names but I know multiple conservatives who did not vote for her this time well you know what they're going to they're going to get deserve what they get for that because Lynn Compton did a good job in my view I know a lot of people that she helped uh, that that she didn't know if they were they voted for her or not, but they were her constituents and they needed help uh, with the county or something, whatever. And she did a good job, but you know she didn't agree with that with that Monarch Dunes thing, and that I, that was uh, that's what really got her. But you know what? I'm hoping. What I hope is Jimmy Paulding um, does walk the tightrope because he's going to have to. He's going to have to address where his money came from and, and support what those people want him to support. So I'm hoping the tightrope, though, is that he doesn't go overboard on these other things. But time will tell. We'll time see. will tell. He's, He's yeah, a smart I, listen, guy. I don't know Jimmy. I don't know him, guy. but I know his family. I knew his grandparents yeah. and, 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 and uh, some of his uh, other relatives. Great family. They're great people. And I, and I hope he's successful. We need him to be successful. we got 30 seconds, Jack Hardy, for a final thought as we thank you for joining us this afternoon. Well, it's, all, it's always a pleasure, Dave, uh, to, you know, to be here and, and, and talk about things with you. And hopefully, hopefully you know, um, the conversation enlightens other people. The, the one thing I want to I say that I think is really important, more important than the things we've talked about, let's all pray for DeMar Hamlet. He's a young football player that that was injured the other night in the football yep. game is fighting for his life. I think yep. we all need to pray for him and pray that uh, that he comes up to a complete, full recovery. Very sad story. All right, Jack, appreciate the conversation as always, sir. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, Dave. Off we go. News, traffic, and weather. Four o'clock hour starts now. I'm Dave Congleton. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.